Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you, and welcome to Perspectives on Healthcare. Today is another patient's perspective on healthcare. It comes from Chip Rome and is number 12 in the podcast interview marathon series. Without further ado, I give you my interview with Chip Rome. Welcome to the podcast. What's your name? Hi, my name is Chip Rome. And where are you from, Chip? Um, I'm in the uh, northern Virginia suburbs of Washington, D.C. Excellent. I appreciate you being here today. So tell me a little bit about yourself and about your experiences in healthcare, please. I'm a retired uh, theater arts teacher, high school theater arts teacher, uh, currently working uh, doing digital consulting stuff. And the year after I retired, or right after I retired, I um, discovered that that little thing on my tongue that I had had them removed at the end of the summer um, was in fact cancerous. It was lung cancer on my tongue. Wow. Which is possible, but very rare. Hey, I'm one in a million. Um, Congratulations on that. And I, you know, I would completely agree with the diagnosis of you being one in a million. Unfortunately, I would prefer it to not be in that circumstance, right? <laughs> well, I, you know, I've never smoked. It's, there's no cancer in, the, in my family history. So this just came out of the blue. Um, and so I sought a, um, a, 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 I got a phone call saying, hey, we just got your biopsy back. And I thought, biopsy. I thought he just took that thing off. And uh, it's small cell carcinoma. You need to get a chest x-ray and find an oncologist. Like suddenly wow. the world changes. Uh, uh, so, so let me just ask, um, was the cancer on your tongue isolated or was it a result? Did it, was it linked to cancer in your lungs? It was isolated. It was not in my lungs. Um, so I went to an oncologist, uh, and he said, well, you're um, healthy, generally, and so we should, uh, in terms of radiation, we should throw everything but the kitchen sink at you. And mm. I said, I think that I'm going to get a second opinion. And, <laughs> and the second opinion guy said, well, you know, they took this off, and we don't see anything, so I think you're fine. So do I need nothing or do I need everything but the kitchen sink? So we made a couple more calls, uh, one to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, because that's not so far from Washington, and one to um, Duke University. Um, and what was interesting was that both of them, when they looked at the scans, said, oh, it looks like one of your lymph nodes is also engaged. And I said, well, why didn't that come up with the first two oncologists? I said, well, maybe they just accepted what the radiologist sent mm. instead of looking at it themselves. So 
So very different experiences to choose where to get treatment. Um, Johns Hopkins um, was, they had the whole head, neck, speech team ready. Like you could practically see them writing the, the dissertation to put in the journals. Um, it was quite um, an efficient machine, um, but not friendly. Um, they had a place where we could live during the, the course of uh, chemo and radiation. Um, but you're not allowed to, go, you should, it's not wise to go out at night. And when we had questions, the residents called to answer the questions. Down at Duke, it was like the Southern friendliness and everything, honey, is just, it's all right. We're going to take good care of you. Um, and um, the oncologist himself called back to answer my questions. And the place caring house where one could stay during treatment um, was very friendly, warm, in a lovely neighborhood. You could walk around. Um, and so we decided to go with Duke. And okay. that was the right choice. So when you went with Duke, I, did you or did you relocate down there for treatment? Is that is that kind of what, what happened? Three months. Yeah, for three months I was down there and my wife was able to, um, uh, as a college professor, and was able to get time off so that she could be there with me, which was invaluable. Sure. Uh, did you meet any healthcare heroes along the way, people who were doing it right? Well, the radiation oncologist, the one who had called me with to answer my questions, uh, Dr. David Brazell, was terrific. Um, he was paid good attention. Um, the, the, um, the oral surgeon who had removed the cancerous thing had taken photographs of it. And I asked for a photograph and I showed that to Brazil and he said that was very helpful determining just where the radiation needed to be. So it didn't have to be everywhere. They could really right. target it. And he'd always have a new, every time I went in, he'd have a new resident he was working with and he'd always say, okay, show him your photo of the, of the cancer. Sure. Um, so, and the other person who stood out was someone who worked with the general oncologist, a doctor, um, Janet Tenever, and she really took the time to explain things. Um, very warm, very attentive. And at one point she was looking at uh, chest x-rays and said, well, there's no cancer here, but I see ground glass which is their terminology for you've got pneumonia and you need to get mm -hmm. that treated. So, you know, it wasn't okay. I've covered my area of expertise. We move on. It was, um, so I thought those are the two that really stood out. They did yeah. a great job. Wonder, I mean, big shout out to them for, for, for being willing to, to move outside of their area of expertise necess necessarily to, to, and they were viewing you, as a whole individual. Um, and so, yeah, super, super good job on their part. Uh, what does quality healthcare mean to you? Um, I think quality healthcare means, first of all, listening to the patient, 
I know your previous guest was big on that, but <laughs> it's universal, I'm sure. It means using one's own professional experience and judgment, not just the information passed along from other people. Um, it means advising ahead of time whether one's health insurance is going to cover an expensive procedure. And we had a little back and forth ab about that. Um, and it means answering questions in layman's terms and directly without relying on residents or interns all the time. I understand why they do that. I don't really care if I'm the patient. I sure. would rather receive, you know, I, I want I want the people who know the most the best. Um, and maybe that's not great for training the, the future, but you know, it's my future at that point. Um, and I think great healthcare depends on uh, doing follow-up to know how the recovery is coming along. So I, I love what you said there. Okay. You said like, I'm, yes, I'm interested in improving the next generation of medical practitioners. Like I, I'm okay with training and, and that kind of thing, but um, I don't want my personal health to be, uh, to come at the expense of improving the next generation. I want to get the best of the best giving me my treatment. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, especially when we're talking about something that's potentially life threatening. Uh, it turns out that my tongue thing was the canary in the coal mine. Right. You know, because it bothered me and so I knew there was something and I followed up. Um, it probably saved me, saved my life. I never did have uh, cancer in my lungs. Right. I, I mean, that, what a blessing, right? Um, something yeah. to be super thankful for uh, in in making sure that you know what kind of the the preemptive strike if that makes any sense at all yeah okay true. um good so what is uh, what would you wish that your medical providers understood about you <coughs> um i guess my fear okay, talk to me about that please what is routine for them? I mean, in, 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 when medical specialties are so narrow, um, they see the same thing over and over and over again. And I think that makes them much more capable at dealing with it. But I've never gone through this stuff. It is unfamiliar. It's unique. It's scary as hell. The stakes are much higher for me than they are for the medical personnel. Mm. I, what, okay, tweetable moment here. Anybody who's out there, like the stakes are much higher for the patient than they are for the medical professional. Chip, well stated. Thank you for thank you for saying that. And if, like, what a what an important thing to hear. So uh, sorry, I interrupted you in the middle there of, of a thought. Um, that's, that was sort of my point. Go, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Sorry. That, all right. No problem. Um, that, what is one thing that medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? I'm going to give you two. Um, one is to learn from the nurses, how to express care and concern. Okay. They're good at it. 
right, tell me more about that, please. Um, Wait, maybe I, think I'll just ask of, I think it's in the nature of nursing to attend to the person you're talking to. Uh, it's the nature of doctoring to attend to the disease that you need to fix. And that's very different. And I don't think they should be mutually exclusive. I mean, there are certainly doctors with better bedside manners, but, um, and I guess I'd rather have a very capable doctor with horrible bedside manner than the reverse. But there's, the nurses get it. And it would be nice if doctors knew more about that. Um, and the other thing, I did run into a problem where the oncologist and the radiation oncologist worked on different days. Mm. And they didn't always suggest the same thing. And I, we had a hell of a time trying to get them to talk to each other. So we fantasized about going into the elevator with one of them and pressing that button to, to you know, no, we're staying here until the other guy shows up. Right. And you can talk to each other. Am I supposed to eat this kind of food, but not that? Or am I supposed to eat that one and not this? Because, you know, all the stuff, you know, I never had pain from my cancer, but there was, the treatment was its own adventure. Right. Uh, okay. So I've got another tweetable moment here. Uh, Chip, your, your expression, nurses get it. I wish more people were like them. Uh, what a, what a great, you know, a great concept and a shout out to the nursing profession. Uh, and yet to go back to it, you were saying that nurses treat you as a person and doctors often sometimes can treat you as a diagnosis. Uh, and what you're looking for is the, the blend of those so that you, you know, you get treated for whatever is going on in your life, but you're also treated. Uh, actually, no. When we talk about your life and what's going on in your life, what's going on in your life is more than the diagnosis, but what's going on in your life is impacted by the diagnosis. So you've got to figure out how, what the interplay is between those two concepts. And so, um, your your first one was um, for people to be more like for people to be more like nurses, and your second one was to communicate. Is that is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Hey, Chip, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing your story, and I appreciate your perspective on healthcare. Well, thanks very much, and I appreciate I the opportunity to talk and share. And good luck uh, getting into the Guinness Book of Records for all these interviews. Thanks for listening to Perspectives on Healthcare. Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.